0: I've actually had this idea to do a retro workout, open up a studio and only play good music like ABBA. But I don't know when I'm really gonna have the time. (laughs) Maybe if someone out there wants to invest in my, my idea.
1: I'm Nick Harcourt and welcome to another episode of The Sound of Success, the podcast where we talk with movers, shakers and just plain cool people about music. Today on The Sound of Success, it's a first for the show. I know it might be hard to believe, but our first musician, that's right. We're going to go directly to the source on this podcast where we ask fascinating people about the music they love and chatting today today. We have LA singer-songwriter Pearl Charles Rolling Stone called Pearl's latest album, Magic Mirror, a cosmic country mirable, And her music has been featured on NPR's All Songs Considers, as well as right here on Sparks Disruptors Conferences. And she has an upcoming tour coming up, as well as some new music, and we can't wait to talk to her about it. Welcome, Pearl. It's so nice to see you again.
0: Nice to see you too, and thank you for having me.
1: Now, you and I spoke and we were just talking before we started rolling uh, the digital tapes, so to speak. We met and we can't even remember when it was. It was either the end of last (laughs) year or the beginning of this year. It was during the pandemic. And as I said to you, I think we were toddlers. The the time in the last 18 months, two years just seems to have gone, I don't know, it's gone somewhere really weird. How are you? How's it been on pause during the pandemic?
0: I'm doing pretty good. We've been able to get get started on getting back into it. So that's been really nice, but it was bittersweet to take a slow down, but I think there's some good lessons that were learned in that downtime, the time off.
1: Now you've been spending most of the time out in the desert, right? I mean, you're from LA, but you've been out in the desert. So tell us first of all, where, if you don't mind, and How has it been being out of the city, being away from the hustle and bustle? I know you come back and do stuff, but what's it been like living out of Los Angeles for the last year or so?
0: Oh, it's been amazing. I've been really happy with that decision. It's just such a peaceful, quiet place. It's out near Joshua Tree. And I mean, we don't even have like any neighbors as far as the eye can see. We can see the Integratron from our house, which is a very cool building that has a crazy history. And we can see all these old extinct volcanoes. And it's just, it's really beautiful. It's a good creative space where you can, yeah, get out of your head. When you're in the city, there's so much going on that it's hard to find that that quiet spot.
1: What was it like to release an album that was so widely appreciated across the board and then not to be able to really do anything with it apart from interviews like this?
0: It was a whole new experience. I mean, you know, the live stream thing was definitely a major part of the pandemic for me since I had released a record. So I had to play. And in some ways, I think we were able to reach a lot of people because i think people were more excited about that than they had been in the past and it was more of a necessity but i am really excited to get back out there and to to do the thing
1: now, I would imagine that you've been also probably getting your next album ready and making music. What, what have you been doing from the point of view of recording? And when can we expect uh, to, to hear the fruits of those labors?
0: Well, as we discussed off camera, if you will, I recorded two new songs at Valentine Studios, which is a super cool time capsule kind of studio. This guy just walked out of it in the mid to late 70s and didn't change a thing. So it feels like you're going back in time and the Beach Boys recorded there and Kenny Rogers and stuff like that. So we've got two new songs and hopefully we're lining it all up right now. But I hope to have one out before we hit the road with Liz Cooper in October. And then the second one, I think, will come out before we go to Europe next year.
1: Now, you got to give us a little bit more detail on that studio for those who don't understand the, the San Fernando Valley just outside of Los Angeles is one of the weirdest places ever anyway. I mean, I've lived here for like 15 years, so I think I can say that. When you walk into a a, a studio like that, what's it like? What's in there? Is it all old gear? Is it vintage gear? What's the setup like?
0: Everything in it is exactly as is. The guy was like a recording engineer at Capitol. And he then, at some point, he opened his own studio, but then he got into fixing cars. So next door is this, auto shop and he specifically works on this one car it's called like a nash american or something Hmm. and he that became his new passion so he just left everything else in the studio exactly as it was so everything's vintage it's all to tape and yeah i mean there's a piano that the beach boys played on so
1: that's wild
0: (laughs) it's so cool
1: so new, new music coming, and uh, you said that you're going to be doing two tours. So one in the U.S., which is coming up. When are you going out, and, and how big a tour is it?
0: It's a pretty big tour. We're going to go out in mid-October. We're still constantly adding shows, so stay tuned for that. I think there's going to be some more added, but it starts on the East Coast, and then we're going to come all the way down through the South and then come back to L.A. Then we're going to go all the way up the West Coast, and then we're going to go all the way back around to Chicago. And then down to Nashville. So
1: we're
0: going to do it almost all of the states except for the Northeast.
1: And you're going to be taking these songs out for the first time. Do you have any nerves about that?
0: I'm definitely nervous, but I also feel prepared because we've been practicing like absolutely crazy. For a year and a half. (laughs) We've been practicing. Well, you know, we did make some changes recently with um, as I was also mentioning to you before with me playing keys, which is was actually my first instrument but i've never really done it on stage so interesting it's been fun and i am really excited about it i'm nervous but i think i'm more excited because i just feel really comfortable i feel like it was maybe the way it was meant to be and i didn't even know i'm still gonna play guitar but right switch it up a little bit
1: if, if anybody wants to see tour dates and all that kind of stuff where can they find that on, online i know that you've got a band camp page and all that but where can we find your tour dates
0: my Instagram is definitely the best place. I need to, I probably should get a website and all of that together, but social media is king these days, but yeah, Instagram at Pearl Charles, it's all there.
1: There you go. That's the place to go and find out. All right, let's dig into this. Um, First musical memory. What's your first time that you ever remember hearing music and thinking, wow, what is that? And I like that.
0: You know, that's such an interesting question because memory is so like unique. And I feel like I don't have linear memories in that way where I'm like, I I don't have that distinct first moment. But that being said, I grew up around music and I always loved it. My parents loved music and my older sister was taking piano lessons and I was four and I asked my parents if I could take piano lessons. And then they said, if I still wanted to, when I was five, that I could. So Mm -hmm. I feel like that's a pretty early memory of I mean, that's something that's been told to me. So I don't even necessarily really distinctly remember that. But I think that must have been one of the first times that yeah. actually my mom says even when I was like two, I was always singing and stuff. So whether I was conscious of it or not, I was always really drawn to music.
1: So piano music around the house. What about music that your parents played? What music were were they listening to that even though you weren't aware of it?
0: They both loved like Bob Dylan and my mom loved John Prine and Leonard Cohen. And my dad loved Frank Zappa and the Beatles and just the classics. But to be honest, I've kind of, you know, obviously I've diverged from them in many ways. I think that they gave me like a really great foundation Mm because they really, those are all like still some of my favorite artists. Country music too, like all, a lot of country. My mom like loved like Patsy Cline, Hank Williams, all that stuff. But, you know, some of my favorite bands are like, ABBA and Fleetwood Mac. And like my parents were not into that kind of stuff.
1: (laughs) Well, let's start talking about the music that you liked. What was the first music you bought with your own money?
0: Another perfect example. I'm, if I remember correctly, the first album I bought was at Amoeba and it was a CD and it was Eagles greatest hits, which is another like much hated band by many people
1: <laughs> yeah they're definitely it, it's black or white i think with the eagles there's no great contentious grade. yeah <laughs> <laughs> so the eagles greatest hits that would have been, that probably would have been good value for 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 money
0: i mean what about hit after hit
1: yeah exactly <laughs> right you can't go wrong with that and you're talking about amoeba for those who are not in los angeles or san francisco amoeba is probably the greatest record store in the world and the la amoeba opened up about 20 years ago, I guess, and was just this most amazing resource in Los Angeles. It's just reopened, actually. They had to move and they've just reopened in in Hollywood. I haven't been to the new store yet, but it's a fantastic record store. What about live music, concerts? Do you remember your early concerts? And do you remember the first concert you went to without adult supervision?
0: The first concert I went to with my parents was, or with my mom anyway, was the Spice Girls. But... First concert without parental supervision. This is another one that I don't... I went to so many concerts. That was like my thing when I was, you know, early teen and on. Right. Maybe it was Coachella. I mean, it that seems like a big jump from parents to no parents, but I'm an L.A. baby. I did all of it.
1: Do you remember the first Coachella you went to?
0: I must have been 15 or 16 and I was born in 91, so... 2006 maybe I, I I'm trying to remember who played I also went to many Coachella's so
1: yeah 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 they I saw they Prince, all sort
0: Prince. Of, that wasn't they the all first blur
1: one after now. a while you yeah, saw Prince did. at Coachella
0: I did it was amazing that is amazing yeah I'm so I, grateful I actually
1: went fairly regularly in the 2000s for a while and uh I remember seeing Radiohead there and Craftwork there and Gang of I Four I saw Kraftwerk there. as
0: well yeah
1: well maybe we were in the same tent for the Craftwork show all those years ago
0: and Leonard Cohen he played there too
1: what's the difference for you hearing music on a a CD streaming or however you listen to music these days as compared with the the visceral experience of going and seeing that artist live and, and doing it
0: I remember when I went to go see Chic the next day I was sore I hurt my neck from dancing so crazily but you know what I can even do that I can do that to a recorded music too, but right. there's just nothing like it when you just go and you, you know, just dance your, shake your moneymaker, as they say. It's the most fun thing in the world.
1: When did you decide that music was for you, not just as somebody who enjoyed it, but something that you wanted to pursue?
0: Music and theater and performing arts were always my passion from a very young age. I don't even remember ever thinking anything else, but I specifically got into music because I got in trouble at school and then I kind of got um, punished by being like removed from the theater program. And because of that, I got pushed more towards this like jazz band in the school because I like wanted to do music and I turned it more into like a rock band. And here we are. <laughs>
1: and what were, you, what were you playing at that time?
0: I always took guitar, piano and voice lessons throughout my childhood. So I was doing all of it.
1: You just talked about uh, being sore after dancing to Chic. And I know that you know when we go to these big festivals or whatever, there's a lot of dancing that happens. But is there a, a particular artist that you listen to when you want to dance? If you feel like dancing, what do you put on?
0: ABBA, 100%. I mean, they get you going every time. But I have many, many, many a dance playlist. So it's always, it's just got to be some good classic rock, good disco. That'll just get me going. I'll dance all night long.
1: Seeing as you you reference ABBA, we interviewed Michael Musto uh, a couple of weeks ago. And, and he was talking about ABBA and he actually hosted some big ABBA thing in Central Park, I guess, when they uh, when the journalist Michael Musto, when the, when they released those two new songs a couple of weeks ago. Where are you at with the new stuff? How are you feeling about the, the the two new ABBA songs? And what do you think of this idea that they're going to go out on tour as as holograms?
0: I feel a little bit weird about that. I understand their motivation. I mean, obviously, they're well,
1: they're, they're 75, so getting
0: older. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we can't all be the Rolling Stones, it can't all be RIP, Charlie Watts, but, but. I mean, the fans want to see them. I don't know i it's to be honest, I feel like there must still be personal issues like they're painting it like everybody gets along, and I'm just somewhat doubtful because the you never see the women, they're not like a part of the press. Have the you I'm not
1: doing the interviews right?
0: yeah, that seems like again, I'm like sort of missing like half the band here, so anyway, I like uh. One of the two songs. I'm not crazy about the production, but I think that the one song that's more upbeat is the classic. It's got classic ABBA hooks and... Can't go wrong with that. So they haven't lost their touch in terms of the writing. The other song is a little schmaltzy for me. I was surprised that that was their first release, but I'm looking forward to hearing the rest of the album. See what see what it has in store.
1: Well, the great thing about ABBA, of course, is that they always had those fantastic pop songs and they also had a couple of clunkers as well in the catalog. When you make that much music, they're not all going to be great. So I think if we got one good one out of the two they've dropped, I'm personally anticipating some more hits coming, but uh, I just exactly. wanted to get your take on that, knowing that you're, you're you're such a huge fan. Let me put it to you this way. If they bring that show to the States, which they're talking about, they're building a space for it, I guess, and it's going to run in London for six months. And the idea is that they want to bring it to Vegas. Would you go? Mm.
0: That's interesting that you say that because if I thought about it coming to LA, I kind of didn't want to go. But then now that you say it's in Vegas, that makes it seem like a little bit more of a thing that I might like. It's less of like me going to a concert and more of like a full experience. Do you know what I mean?
1: You can also become somebody else when you go to Vegas. So it doesn't really count. Right.
0: I would love to see ABBA live, but I just don't know about, I feel very weird about the hologram thing. That's just, I'm an old school kind of gal. (laughs) It's
1: a little strange. Yeah.
0: It's weird. Right.
1: (laughs) I'm right there with you. Okay. So we talked about what do you listen to when you want to dance? What about if you're feeling a little sad or a little melancholy?
0: Neil Young on the beach always is a good one starts off with walk on which is a rocker but if you get in there you can feel you feel them there's a lot of great sad songs sad songs are they're almost more prevalent in a way I guess it's probably 50 50
1: (laughs) I have another question that just popped into my head that's not on our list but I think it's one worth asking maybe we'll add it to the list depending on your answer when I talk to songwriters There's different kinds of songs, right? And usually it breaks down into either love songs or I I don't want to say hate you songs, but maybe people commenting on, you know, things that have happened in the past. So is it easier to write a love song or is it easier to write a song when you need to tell somebody off?
0: It's definitely easier to write a sad song. And I think that's the thing with artists is like, then they feel that they need to be tortured in order to create and that's not true, but- You don't
1: subscribe to that. I'm, I'm really glad to hear that.
0: It's not true, but it is easier. Cause when you're really feeling down, you need to do something to get over it. When you're feeling happy, you're just feeling good. And you're like, I'm in a good place right now. Like I'm just chilling. But yeah, when you're feeling down, it's more urgent.
1: What about videos? Do you have a favorite music video and why?
0: Well, just yesterday, I was watching a 10cc music video and it was so good. Which song? Um, the Things We Do for Love, great disco video. Kind of reminds me actually of my own music video. <laughs>
1: Interesting. Now, I, I, I know that you've been very creative in the last year or so in making videos as well. Do, do you enjoy that part of the process?
0: Oh, I love that part. It's so fun. I love collaborating with directors, but also I like the st- working with the stylist and the hair and makeup and just doing the whole thing at photo shoots or music videos or whatever. I love to make visual art to accompany the music. It's a perfect, you know.
1: Where do you find new music, whether it's a brand new song from a brand new artist, or maybe going back and discovering an artist perhaps that you haven't been, been aware of? How do you discover new music? And do you have a recent discovery you'd like to share with our listeners?
0: I listen to new music mostly through this app called Mixcloud. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. I have, but do you want to explain
1: it to our listeners?
0: It's like basically DJs from all over the world create playlists and you can specifically subscribe to certain DJs. I think I pay for like the premium so that you can get the track listings and stuff, like that, you know, more details. And there's certain. it's like social media there's like a social media aspect so people are following each other and then you kind of go down the rabbit hole of a certain type of music and I yeah I listen to those playlists constantly and there's some amazing DJs out there that are totally worth supporting and giving a little extra money to. It's like way more direct than something like Spotify. Obviously they're not actually the artists. Most of the time they're mostly making like compilations, but yeah, between that and like YouTube, like I just love to do the deep dive and find obscure stuff.
1: Is there an artist that you'd like to share with us? Who's new to you?
0: Well, You know, I actually am curious to ask you about this because I just recently discovered this song that apparently was a huge hit, but I'd never heard it before called Driver's Seat by Sniff in the Tears. Do you know that
1: one? I don't think I know it. No.
0: So this is what I'm saying. It's like apparently was a huge hit, but I'd never heard before and it's awesome. So I highly recommend it to all of our listeners.
1: Smith and the Tears, you said, right?
0: Sniff sniff and the tears. sniff
1: oh sniff like sniffing something
0: yes exactly <laughs> sniff apparently the, tears. the guy had allergies so they suggested the band was going to just be called the tears and then their manager oh, was on. like this guy sniff sniffles all the time so we're going to call him and <laughs> the tears that's another great music video i highly recommend that one as
1: well i'm looking it up i'll listen to it when we're done but it's sniff and then apostrophe n the tears sniffing exactly. the tears all right that's a good one. Thank you.
0: I think you're going to like it.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it.
0: But I wonder if when you hear it, you'll recognize it because apparently it was a big hit, but we'll see.
1: We, we will. And, and I, I know where to find you. So I'm going to let you know.
0: Yeah, please I, I didn't do. I not
1: that in an ominous way. By <laughs> way. <laughs> in
0: case you don't like it yet.
1: <laughs> do you have a band or an artist that you love, but you feel like they never quite got the break they deserved?
0: Pretty much every artist that I love. <laughs> no, I obviously love tons of huge mainstream artists as well, but I'm really into deep cuts. I, I To name one in particular, just I could list a million, but Ian Matthews, who mm. was in Fairport Convention briefly, and then he went on to have a solo career, and he's got a few really great tunes. But he, I don't think most people probably know him by name.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think a lot of people under... 40 probably even know who Fairport Convention are (laughs) as as well for that matter. And uh, they're actually from my my, my hometown of Birmingham originally. Oh,
0: well, that's cool.
1: Yeah, there's an album of theirs called uh, Babacum Lee, I think, something like that, that I used to love many years ago. Anyway, back in the days when uh, they had Sandy Sandy Denny Denny and
0: Richard Thompson. I mean, a lot of great artists who didn't get a lot of their due. And I will say another thing, another trend um, of artists that I feel didn't get enough recognition in their lifetimes. There's a whole bunch of these backup session musicians mm. in these various groups, whether it's the Wrecking Crew or The Swampers or at Motown or whatever, all those different backup bands that made their own solo records. There's like too many for me to even begin to name, but They're so good, but nobody knows about them because they just made one amazing record and they were just like the backup people. They did not really have that like star power necessarily, but the songs and the production and the playing are all like top notch. I
1: I don't think you probably do have an answer to this question because I feel like you're quite out and open with everything you like, but is there an artist that's a guilty pleasure for you? Somebody that perhaps you wouldn't normally tell people that you're into.
0: No, you're right. I normally say that there aren't many guilty pleasures. If you like something, you like it. But is there anything that I'm embarrassed to say that I like? <laughs> I'm trying to think, because I would tell you.
1: I, I I feel like you would as well, because when I <laughs> first started talking about uh, live music, you said that the first show you went to, I, I think, was the Spice Girls, right? Isn't that? One?
0: I was very young. There. You know, I'll still get down with the Spice Girls song every once in a while, you know, why not? There's a lot of 90s nostalgia going around. So, you know, but I've always kind of been into, I'm not like trying to toot my own horn here, but I've always been into like different kind of weird stuff. I think it's, you know, my parents' taste was very eclectic as we talked about at the beginning. So I feel like they influenced me like pretty well. Some people would be embarrassed about liking the Eagles. I'm not embarrassed, though, because I think they're amazing.
1: <laughs> well, I think if if we listen to really listen to any of your music, you're clearly influenced by a, a lot of that sound that came out of Southern California in the early to, to, to mid 70s. So I, I was not surprised when you said the Eagles, but I, I don't know. Do you work out at all? Do you have a do you have a workout playlist? And the only reason I'm asking this because it's not on the, the regular questions, but I'm going to I think I'm going to add it. We're just talking about Spice Girls, talking about ABBA, and uh, my girlfriend listens to all those when she works out. Do you have a workout playlist?
0: You know, it's funny because I feel like I do like more traditional, like I'll go to a workout class or work with a trainer and they'll just play their own playlist and they're always terrible. They're terrible, just like modern pop that it's, yeah. that's, I can't get down with that. And I've actually had this idea to do a retro workout. Open up a studio and only play good music like ABBA, but I don't know when I'm really going to have the time. <laughs> maybe if someone out there wants to invest in my uh, my idea,
1: you'd be opening it up somewhere out in the in in the desert. And <laughs> I think it would be the perfect place. So so listen, I got one last question, and I always end it with this: How are you feeling right now?
0: I feel great. I'm not going to lie to you. I had a late night of playing music and having fun with my band and dancing. But to me, that's like actually quite refreshing in a way. It's life affirming. That's what we need. So I feel great.
1: Thanks for joining us. Our guest has been Pearl Charles. And two things I want to tell you, first of all, folks, number one, you should hear the most recent album, Magic Mirror. And then if you're interested in seeing where she's playing, she's going to be playing somewhere near you this fall and probably somewhere near you in Northern Europe next spring. Find her on Instagram, and that's where you'll find the deets. Pearl, it's so great to see you. Of course, they can't see you, but we're doing this over Zoom. Thanks for for, for doing the podcast. It's great to see you.
0: Great to see you, too. Thanks so much for having me, and hopefully we'll get a chance to see you soon. We're playing in L.A., so if you want to come, let me know.
1: Well, I do. Tell me where, and I'll come and see you.
0: Okay, great. I can't wait.
1: Thanks for listening. The Sound of Success is produced by Elizabeth Thompson with myself, Nick Harcourt for Spark Network. Our theme music is by Keita Clay. For more episodes, find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and at sparknetwork.com.